Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the video cast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. And speaking of traveling the world, we're actually traveling through Central America currently. Uh, we start off in Mexico and then we made our way downwards, southwards, Belize, Belize into Guatemala, Guatemala into El Salvador. And uh, as of a few days ago, we crossed over from El Salvador into Honduras. And from here, we're going south again to Nicaragua, Costa Rica. So make sure you follow us along on our Daddy Blogger World Tour at daddyblogger.com. And uh, you'll be able to see a lot more pictures, videos, and blog posts. And on today's episode, we actually are interviewing a fellow world traveler, a fellow entrepreneur, and a fellow dad. Uh, so our guest today is Danny. He's the, uh, the owner and the operator of um, uh, the... Uh, the light, light. What is it again, Danny? Uh, yeah, catch light, catch, catch light photography. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, catch light photography. Yeah. There you go. So, um, um, you know, uh, you'll be able to find out a lot more about uh, travel, family travel, and also especially about taking better pictures when you travel. Something that uh, most of us want to do better. I know I certainly want to take better pictures. Social media and by blogs. So I'm looking forward to <laughs> yeah, hearing sure. Danny's insights. Uh, so, Danny, uh, how are you doing over there in beautiful Canada today? Oh, uh, good. Yeah, we're doing great. You know, it's nice and cold there. You know, we're not anywhere warm like you, but uh, that's okay. We're keeping uh, we're keeping nice and cold. We're being Canadian this year, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm very familiar with those Canadian winters. Uh, I'm from Vancouver, BC, Canada. So with us in the West Coast, it's typically very gray, very gloomy, very cloudy and rainy. So over here in Honduras, it's been pretty much blue skies and sunny weather the whole time. So walking around with t-shirts and shorts is definitely a great thing in the middle of January. Uh, so Danny, uh, why didn't we get to know you a little bit better if you want to do a quick introduction and share a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so uh, my name is Danny Turcott. I'm a photographer at uh, Catch Light Photography is my photography business. And uh, yeah, I've been traveling now, I guess, for quite a while, you know, about a good 10 years solid. So that's kind of one of my passions, basically photography and travel. So um, usually we do, uh, like I do a lot of wedding photography. So it's kind of a, mostly in the summer in Canada here. So we kind of have the winters off um, usually, which is great. Cause then we can kind of take off and kind of, you know, go explore the world and travel during the winters. Cause I'm not working. So, but uh, this year we kind of like sticking around Canada for a bit, you know? But it's something that we love to do. Now I have a little son. Uh, he just turned five years old, uh, Dally. So it's great. We've been traveling with him too. You know, the last couple of winters, we spent three months um, going around to Asia. And then we did some South America last winter in Central America, you know, popping in. So it's good now. We just have a different kind of travel. But that's our gig now, photography and travel. <laughs> yeah, those are the two topics we're going to be covering on this episode, uh, photography and family travel. So. Uh, walk us through, first of all, you've been traveling for like uh, 10 years, uh, even before uh, you got married and had a kid. Uh, walk us through some of your overall travels. Uh, which countries and continents have you been to so far? Yeah, so we didn't, we like, I guess our first big trip, like in 2007, we went to um, Southeast Asia. We spent most of our time in Asia. It's like, seemed like we've been drawn back there so many times. But uh, in 2007, 2008, we went into uh, Thailand and uh, Cambodia. And we spent uh, three months traveling through there, which was super awesome. You know, it was our first like backpacking trip. And, you know, that was kind of like what's crazy too. It was on the cusp of, you know, Facebook wasn't really out and there wasn't really much like social media really, you know, even the internet was just kind of like, it was there, but it wasn't so like, 
you know, used. So it was kind of like, felt like we were going, we had no cell phones, you know, they still had an internet calf. Like it's just, you don't see them too often now. Right. But it was good. It was our first trip, you know, it was something that we were just so blinded to and, you know, it was amazing. So we came back and kind of right away started like, you know, planning our next trip really. But we started sponsoring a little girl actually um, out of Cambodia, um, just because Cambodia was really an amazing country. We loved it. One of our favorite, you know, Anchor Watts there and just the people, what they went through, you know, some of the, you know, stuff with Pol Pot and people don't know like the uh, amount of like, you know, torture and what happened in Cambodia. It's just that people have such great stories. So we were compelled when we came back to sponsor, you know, a little girl um, from Cambodia. So anyway, we kind of planned our next trip and uh, we wanted to kind of go back to Asia again. We were just so drawn to the culture and a lot of the Buddhism and the aspect of all that. So our next trip we planned, uh, we planned a half a year trip and, um, you know, we started off same thing. We went to India and we spent a, um, a whole month in India, which was amazing, right? Just so such a great country, one of my favorites that we've been to. And then uh, after India, we flew over to uh, Malaysia and we spent a bit of time in Malaysia, went down to some of the islands down there in Pankor and then, you know, spent some time in the city too, which was awesome. And then uh, this is before we had Delhi. So this was 2010, this trip, right? So that was our second big trip. And then after that, we went into Cambodia and we actually went and uh, met the little girl that we sponsor, uh, Mania. That's where she was from, a little village outside of Phnom Penh. So we went and met them. It was great. We went into seeing some of the activity groups and, you know, what they do with all the children there and just awareness for everything, right? And hygiene and stuff like that so that was just so eye-opening right it was just amazing so then after um cambodia we uh jumped into where did we go next <laughs> oh that was seven years ago after cambodia we went into vietnam yeah so we went into the bottom of vietnam and uh kind of traveled right up right from uh hanoi up uh, right from ho chi minh all the way up to hanoi vietnam such a long country you know so we spent a month there as well and then after Vietnam, we went into Laos. I don't know if you've ever been that way, Ricky, into Southeast Asia, but Laos is such an amazing country too. So we spent a month there. And then after that, we flew over to the Philippines. And uh, again, we ended uh, a couple months just traveling through the Philippines, right? So that was kind of our second big trip. So we spent about a half a year just kind of going through with that. And, you know, it just kind of changed your whole perspective on life, you know, just you know, you've been on the road for a while too, and just living out of a backpack and just kind of all that, like, you know, seeing the world in such a different aspect and just new cultures and the people you meet and just other fellow travelers, you know, like people that we're still friends with to this day, you know, and just even like meeting monks in Laos and like, you know, like just realizing, you know, that they, they can use the internet, like, you know, like see, it just opened your eyes to this whole different world, right? But it was great. It was something you know we loved it was probably the best experience we had together that's for sure yeah i actually have done uh, south asia quite extensively this is a pre-marriage i traveled overland uh, from japan into australia mostly overland and also overseas uh, with boats from japan oh, really? Korea to china then into south asia to thailand Laos, vietnam Cambodia, indonesia so love, love that area of the world it's definitely uh, uh you know great, great starting point people, people want to start traveling uh, for the, for, on a budget, I highly recommend Southeast Asia travel. And of course, Central and South America is probably the next level in terms of cost-effective travel. Uh, so you mentioned yeah, exactly. Southeast Asia trips, um, you know, India, Southeast Asia. And then tell us about some of the trips you've been on since your little guy came in the picture. you got a five-year-old, so tell us about where you, you've yeah, taken the so little guy, Dali. 
Yeah, exactly. So his name's uh, Dally. Yeah. So yeah, Dally, uh, like, so when he was born, I guess we took a few little trips, right? We took a little trip uh, when he was six months old, just two weeks out to uh, East Coast Canada, you know, just out to uh, PEI and all through there. So that was a little trip. And then for his first birthday, we went to Cuba. And um, we spent his first birthday in Cuba. That was great. You know, we got engaged there. And then for his second birthday, we went back to Cuba. And uh, we got married, actually, like right around that same time, you know. So that was good. There were a couple trips, you know, he turned two. So then after that, we felt like we were ready for a big trip. You know, we just kind of wanted to make sure he was just a little bit more ready, you know, for a long Asia trip, you know. So right before he turned uh, three, we planned our big trip uh, going back to Asia. It just seems like we're always drawn back to Asia, right? So, again, we planned a three-month trip with Dali um starting like leaving from um ontario here in toronto and then our first uh stop same thing was uh we went to japan so uh dally had his third birthday actually in um tokyo down at uh, amazing shrine so we did some cool photos down there and that was our first introduction with him and it was great we were just you're always worried about how your kids are going to do on the road and you know he was just turning three it's a big pivotal age you know like they're just being potty trained and just this crazy stuff and he just adapted so well you know he did so great so we spent some time in japan and then um after that we flew back to the philippines you know again one of our favorite countries and uh we went out to the palawan again and spent some time at like a, a turtle sanctuary where they kind of like um rescued have turtles that come up on the beach and they lay their eggs and they kind of protect them areas. So Dolly just loved that. We actually like seen some of the sea turtles that came up. And so it was great. We tried to geared a few little things for him to do. Right. And then um, after the Philippines, we headed to Indonesia and we spent uh, two months in Indonesia, kind of just popping around there. And again, with the kid was great. We did some, you know, full travels with, uh, you know, cooking courses and stuff like that that Dali loved, you know, just seeing the monkey temples and kind of like gearing a little bit more of like, you know, kid stuff, right? So he adapted so great. He loved the beach life. We spent, uh, you know, three weeks in Gilear in a little hut, you know, and lived it up there. And then we kind of ended, uh, we went back to Hong Kong on the way home and just stopped in Hong Kong for a week and, you know, just kind of went and seen the, uh, the big Buddha statue. It's actually one of the tattoos I have. So that was super cool. We went and actually seen the statue on Lantu Island and uh, hung out there. And then we went into uh, Hong Kong Disneyland, you know, just to end the trip, right? So it was good. It was just a whole different trip. And Dali did really good. It was three months we were away from home. And, you know, you just have little backpacks, right? You don't have much. And we travel pretty minimalist. Like we only have, like I only have a 42 liter bag, 42 liter. So I don't know if people know the liter size, but that's pretty small. And then Tamara travels with a 32 liter bag. So um, that was all we had, and then a little day bag. So, and then my photography gear takes up half of that, you know. So it was good. We lived minimalist and showed Dolly that, you know, it's great to teach your kid that. Maybe brought him a lot of patience and showed him different situations around the world. Right? He's just turning three, so it was his first big trip, and he did good. So it was great. Awesome, awesome. Sounds amazing, these trips. Uh, we're definitely minimalist as well, traveling with carry-on only, uh, uh, pretty much uh, the whole trip. At the beginning, we actually had a suitcase, and then I yeah. finally convinced my wife to just the and then we've been yeah. traveling carry-on since then. And uh, it's definitely been, uh, you know, uh, good to do it that easier. Uh, you don't have to wait for the, uh, you know, uh, the carousel and the bags to come through. And also, when you're traveling 
Africa, uh, you usually don't have elevators, but a suitcase up and down. So it's really good. Yeah, exactly. We're just with the back of a rolly, a rolly small uh, uh, case. So it's uh, much, much easier since we ditched the big. Uh, yeah, it's so true. Big advocate, big advocate. Yeah, exactly. So our daughter actually joined us for the podcast too. You might see her kids uh, popping in and out. And she loves asking our guests questions too. So Rianne, what question do you have for Danny? What's your favorite country? Oh, wow. Hey, the favorite country question. Holy, I guess the favorite country that I've been to. Oh, you know, that's a hard one, right? People always ask me that too, eh? My favorite country? <clears throat> I don't know. I think, you know, I really... I like I really love Cambodia, you know, like Cambodia really is a special country to me. And like I said, you know, we sponsor a little girl there. Um who kind of reminds me of you really when we first went and met her, right? So um it's part of our heart left in Cambodia. It's a really cool country. Probably Cambodia. Let's go with that. Final answer. Final answer. <laughs> yeah. Cambodia pre a kid so kids back to Cambodia uh, it's amazing in terms of the, the obviously all the architecture and Wat, but especially all about the the history of the country and yes. you mentioned Pol Pot and uh, very sad what they've gone through and uh, uh, you know they're definitely resilient the people the culture and the country so yeah I know yeah it really was you know yeah it was yeah Cambodia yeah I, I definitely want to bring Delhi back there one day and you know and it's such a beautiful country and it's a small country too you know like it's only got eight million people and it's like it's geographically like really travelable easy you know and again we were back there in 2007 and like the roads are really bad you know now I seen some posts like you know actually on a few sites on forums and they were saying you can get from like Bangkok all the way into Siam Reap, like Bangkok, Thailand into Siam Reap now in like five or six hours, you know? It took us like, I think almost like 14, 16 hours when we went, you know? Cause it was like, so stuff like that's great. A little bit more accessible for the country and they deserve some of the tourism, right? It brings a little bit of the money. It's, you know, it's hard for that, right? <laughs> So, Danny, you mentioned, uh, you know, in your uh, suit, uh, sorry, your backpacks, uh, half of the stuff that you're bringing is uh, photography. You're obviously an avid photographer, professionally doing it uh, for weddings, and uh, uh, you actually take some phenomenal travel pictures. So I'd love to get into Thank that area a little bit. Uh, so tell us, firstly, what kind of camera and gear you take, especially when you're traveling. I'm really curious to know what you're actually bringing in terms of uh, the camera itself and also the, all the gear yeah. that you're bringing along. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I know that's probably the hardest part, you know, is like traveling with photography. It's because like, you know, you always have the big lenses and all this stuff, right? So it's like, yeah, I definitely when I travel, <clears throat> excuse me, you have to make a few sacrifices in terms of like what you can bring, right? And kind of keep it simple. So um, I use Nikon um, equipment, you know, so I have a Nikon camera, a D610. So it's a full frame camera. And it's uh, it's a little bit smaller. It's not like a huge camera, right? So that's probably my great one. And uh, for my lens, you know, I have an actually an older film lens, and it's actually like a twenty-eight to one hundred five. And then I don't know if you know what people that means, but it's kind of like a little wide angle, and then it zooms in a little, right? So not too much, you know, but not far, you know. So that's kind of versatile, where I know I can shoot pretty good. And then if I need any worse, I can kind of crop it in if I have to in Photoshop. And then I usually bring just a little 50 mil uh, 
1.8 lens that doesn't even zoom. It's just a little tiny lens, you know, but it's really fast. So when you go inside and indoors, you know, you can shoot with no flash and stuff like that. So, so that's what I bring for my camera and my lens, just the one camera body and the one spare lens. And then I actually bought a really good uh, point and shoot camera, you know, because it's kind of like easier to carry a point and shoot camera, throw it in my pocket just for when we're going out and having like supper or like something easy that you're not really going to shoot this big elaborate photo with just like a memory photo you know so i got a good little nikon uh point and shoot camera and it had a great zoom on it so that was good too because it's just good little backup and it kind of shoot a lot more of like like i said just little memory pictures i use my big camera for shooting like you know nice landscapes and all our fun family pictures you know because we set up usually one of them every couple of days, you know, a big elaborate photo setup. So, and then I just bring my tripod, you know, a little mini travel tripod, which is great. A nice Manfrotto one, a good quality one, right? So it folds down. It's only about two and a half, three pounds. And it, you know, stands up to about six feet when you undo it. So, which is good for me because I do a lot of night photography and stuff like that. So a tripod's important, right? So just that's what I bring. And then you know, I keep it really simple with that. I have a flash and then, you know, you need a bunch of little things like battery chargers and memory cards and card readers. And then you need a tablet to download it and upload it, you know, like how that works. Right. So a lot of little accessories like that. But for the camera gear, I kind of keep it simple at that. And then I don't bring none of the big zoom lenses, like the big ones like that, because you know, it just takes up, it's too much space, you know, it's just, you got to make a sacrifice, so you can do most of what I need with the, with them lenses, and then it gives you more creativity to kind of like, you know, you're not worried about carrying everything around, right, so that's kind of what we do for that, but Dally knows, like, you know, if you see some of our other photos, and we have a little remote, like a self-timer, right, so I have a little thing you plug into the camera, and then you can hold the remote, so we can kind of just stand in the scene, just kind of like do your photo right so it's kind of funny for that because dally knows the camera remote now so he wants to control it you know so it's great in a lot of photos you see him just holding it and so it's kind of fun for that we can just set up on the tripod and we kind of like do them everywhere you know we can it's good to have that kind of memory for us too because that's what i do is photography so incorporating my family pictures in it with is great because you know one of the hardest parts about i find is travel is kind of like captivating the scene that's in front of you right you know that too right you like you come to the, all these gorgeous places and all these amazing things and sometimes you hold up your camera and it just it doesn't transcend like it it does you know and it's even as a photographer it's it's hard to like capture that you know it's like it sometimes you have to it work right it's not just you pick it up and shoot it you know it's like so stuff like that is great it kind of makes you look at you know, the, the area is different and kind of search out that, you know, good angle and that stuff. But again, sometimes you're there only one time, right? And you're only there at a certain hour and the light may not look the best or, you know, it's not what you would pick, but you just make it happen, right? And just kind of shoot it. So that's kind of the fun part of the travels for me is, you know, shooting all the photography. It just kind of revitalizes you for that because Every time you're in a new location, it's just no matter where you look around, it's something, you know, you haven't seen or, you know, you'll only see like for a short amount of time. Right. So it's good to be able to try and capture it through photography, which, again, it's so universal now to load on social media and be able to share with people. Right. And show them your adventure. Yeah, you mentioned the word transcend, and uh, you know I think that's very appropriate that word because 
when you see an amazing place like Machu Picchu or Chichen Itza or Bolivian Salt Flats, they're so incredible, and it's so hard to actually capture that moment and to express it in yeah. words or photo or video. So, yeah. uh, like, tell us from a photographer's perspective, how are you actually capturing that moment, and what are you looking for? You're actually traveling. Tell us a little bit about your mindset and uh, your kind of your eye, your eyes. Yeah. What are you looking for, and what what is your mind thinking when you're taking? Yeah, pictures? that's yeah. You know, that's a really great question because that's probably the first thing I like ask myself is like, you know, like you got to look at it like, okay, if you're looking at it from a person that never been to that country or never been to that spot, it's like, you know, like for instance, when we went to Japan and we started with Dali, right? It's like, okay, like how are you gonna like? like showcase Japan in one image, you know, it's like it, Japan's just so busy. There's so much stuff going on and what says Japan. And, you know, like you said, if you walk out into the street, it's like the senses of it are so big. It just, when you hold up your camera, it just doesn't work like that sometimes. And then trying to throw a toddler in there and setting up the scene too is crazy. So usually what I look for is like some kind of landmark that would like define what the country is about. Like, so we were kind of down at the Meiji Shrine, for instance, right? And uh, again, it's a massive, like huge Chinese symbol, right? It's like massive, it's like 30, 40 feet. So, you know, it's kind of like iconic. It's like, you see a Japanese like character symbol and you kind of know it's Japanese and you know, the temple was kind of in the background. So again that's kind of what i start with something like that okay well that kind of screams japan you know so something like that right and then say if we were in the philippines and it's the beaches so you know again you're just trying to set up something really good on the beach but you know just finding the angle and maybe the palm trees like something like an image that's on here like i can even pull it off like this is i don't know if you can see it on there but yeah that's in the philippines right so again it's just such a gorgeous beach but just transcending it with framing and having the palm tree because people associate a palm tree right with beach and then obviously your nice beach and the water it's just kind of like stuff like that you want to make sure that sorry i'm just gonna hang it up stuff like that you want to make sure you're incorporating in because like people are seeing the philippines and you're like okay i'm on the beach it's like okay so let's see a good beach shot you know so something like that and then you know if we're there for a week so then the next photo was like um you know okay, like we're in a little hut, like a little wooden hut and you try and write about it or explain it, you know? So it's like, okay, let's do a cool photo in the hut, you know? So I like showing kind of like the landscape or the areas that we're in. Like, cause again, you try and tell people a little wooden hut on the beach. It's kind of like people picture what's in their head, right? So set up the photo like that again and just kind of show what's around us, you know, make sure the photo's full and busy and like, you know, Dally maybe pulled out some of his little toys and we were sitting on the chair and maybe reading a book, you know, like, what are we doing in real life? So trying to kind of capture that at the same point, you know, which is kind of half the fun, like you said, and trying to pick that and how do you like showcase something is, it's a good question. Cause you know, there's, you know, like you, you point your camera and it's like, even though all the buildings are there and, you know, maybe it just doesn't look right from certain angles. Right. So I totally struggle with that, even as a photographer on like how to capture something like, so it, shows that you're in another country and it's so you know foreign and it's because you know at the end of the day it's a photo or anything's on a 2d piece of paper right you're trying to like create like this 3d like landscape you know or something like that and you know when you look at a photo you can't you don't have your senses of smell or of like sound and it's hard to recreate that feeling on a beach you know so i guess that's probably like the funnest part you know is finding them little areas in each country and 
you know, for instance, in South America and, you know, coming through, I know you guys just came through there too, but coming through um, some of like Oli and Te Tambo and some of the areas down there and, you know, just some of the Inca ladies and their like, you know, their, their dresses and what they wear, you know, it's just that like, you need a photo of that, like to show someone, you know, and so stuff like that's great too, you know, have Dali with them, maybe sitting with the old Inca lady, something cool like that's fun too, you know, it kind of gives some of that. In the Galapagos Islands, you know, people, that was a hard one because it's like, wow, there's so much wildlife and that's what people picture, right? But it's like, how do you have a cool picture that's fun photo with you with a penguin that's swimming around it? You just, you can't, you know, it's like, it's almost impossible, you know? And we've seen all these cool things like the flamingos and the penguins and the sharks and the big iguanas. But to again, click this amazing photo that looks fun and awesome is just, it's really hard you know so we went with the turtles right the giant turtles and it's like they don't move much you know so they're so big so again something like that was just really good to showcase you know the galapagos islands and you picture the giant tortoises and you know so we kind of just hung out behind them and stuff like that is kind of what we search for like you know what would someone think of that country you know kind of try and capture it but it's a really hard one you know and i could see how people i see all the time people go on vacation and they post their pictures and i'm like oh like that place looks so awesome like i know it does but it just doesn't transcend like that you know and you know i think that's the hard part for people eh? you know they get home and they look at all their photos and it doesn't maybe invoke that same like sense of you know passion that when they were there they felt you know like and that's what i try to do through a photo right you know, try and give people that sense of like being in that moment, you know, in that scene, right? And a lot of times too, we take our picture not facing the camera, you know, we turn around and look the other way. And just like that beach photo I showed you, like my photo at Machu Picchu and, you know, it's more like sitting in the scene and like giving the viewer that like feeling as well as they could be there looking at that, you know, instead of looking at the camera, you know, so trying to blend it in like that's always a good something like that too, right? But it's, yeah, and I love that tip as well because typically most of us, uh, we typically uh, do the stoic, uh, the look, the smile, not really moving our hands <laughs> yeah. or not that expression. So I love that ex uh, example of, you know, um, kind of the viewer is there looking into the scene or like you guys at the beach. Yeah, or exactly, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, exactly. And that's a good way for people to kind of picture themselves like, you know, being there too, right? It kind of gives that back of the head look, right? So... So I'm curious uh, about uh, Danny, about uh, if people don't actually carry all this equipment, I think most of us who are not professional photographers have full or half a bag full of equipment. A lot of us actually just do it with the smartphones. On this uh, particular trip, we decided yeah. not to bring our DSLR, and we're taking uh, all of our pictures just with our iPhone, uh, yeah. all of our pictures, videos. and yeah. So tell, tell us maybe some tips for people who are just uh, taking smartphone photography, because nowadays, more and more people, that's all they yeah. travel with. And that's the, the, they say the best uh, a camera is the one you have in your hand at all times, right? And most yeah, of us have true. our phone hands at all times. So maybe give us some uh, smartphone tips. Yeah, for sure, exactly. And that's great, too. Like I said, you know, I do travel with my, like, my big camera DSLR, but I do have a point-and-shoot, which is kind of like a smartphone, really. You know, it's just I had the point-and-shoot because, again, it, had, it gives me a little bit of tweaking, you know. But, but um, again, it's the same thing as having a cell phone, which, you know, is something that is so accessible for everyone. And I guess the main thing, you know, is, like, what I always say is, you know, is, like, uh, maybe a good one is see 
uh, for a family one like me for kids is like you know when you shoot your kids you know try and get down to their eye level that's a really good tip too a lot of people take the kid you know their kid you know if you have a four-year-old you're standing there taking this picture and you're always kind of up so much higher than them right so a good tip too is drop down a kid you know down their eye level usually a photo of your best contact or a good photo like that in a place is when you drop down to someone's eye level you know so that's a good tip right too the other one is like the lighting i know it's just like it goes into this crazy spiel of lighting but you know that's the biggest tip i could probably tell people is like kind of make sure you're standing in a better lighting somewhere if you're gonna go and you're at like some temple you know and the sun's kind of shining somewhere weird before getting all technical it's just maybe trying everyone to stand in the shade you know so everyone's in an even light and it will just make your photo look really better like a, a nice even light right and if you can't all be in the shade i'll be in the sun you know like try not to have two people in the shade and two people in the sun you know it's kind of better to have that same light on the group you know and again it depends on what the scene's like but Try to turn your back towards the sun too, you know, because then you won't have squint eye and stuff like that. Just little things like that, you know, it's like the lighting really is kind of the best one. And your smartphone, you know, will compensate for you. If you're in the shadow like that, you know, just make sure push everyone in that shadow. And this, the phones are so good now. It's like, it's great. Like I travel with my phone, like even if I'm going through, like in Canada, we just did a trip here two weeks out to Banff and, you know, I had, you know, 1800 photos on my phone, right? Because again, like you said, it's your best. It's so accessible and you can take amazing photos. Like my Instagram um, is like basically like 95% my cell phone. And if you were to look at some of them photos, they look awesome. Like, cause it doesn't really, you know, if you have a good light and you know, like what's coming, it'll really make it a big difference for you. So I'd say like, maybe like eye level with your kids is a good one. If you have kids, you know, feel like that. And then watch the lighting you know if you're going to take a picture of your kid kind of like you know maybe make sure he's standing in a better light like like i said if that light's coming in from the side here and hitting him just on the side of the face you know just maybe even turning them a little i know it's hard to learn but if you just picture with the sun where it's coming and just it'll really make your photo and maybe sometimes if you walk around someone that's what i always tell people too. hey take a picture where you think and then walk 10 feet over the other way and try it there too because a lot of times people when they see it on their camera then they'll see it better you know it's hard to like look at something and then see the final result maybe if you're not a photographer like it's different for a photographer right you can kind of tell but it's good next time you have your kids and you stand them somewhere and they're in front of like the you know the temple or the the runes like take the photo where you think and then walk over 10 feet that way or walk over 10 feet that way you know don't be scared to put your camera low to the ground or Put it up in the air you know it's digital we can just kind of erase it now which is amazing right like even when i started it was films so it was like you were just so worried now like take your camera and you know try some different angles like that you know fill the frame too you know get a little closer we always seem to be so far away from everything right you know because we got these nice wide angle lenses you know get in close if you can right fill the frame with the kids and you know it's something that makes a difference too lighting you know, I'd say is the best one getting eye level and just kind of fill that frame, you know, and have your subjects like dominant, right? It'll make your photo a little more positive and shoot the details, you know, sometimes like, you know, I love shooting like um, just a little shot of like, you know, the ticket stub for the train, you know, it's just in this weird like tie lettering and it's like, how much bot was it, you know, 185 bot, like it's just little detailed shots when you find when you look back years later, really like trigger your memories, you know, like just and with your smartphone it's great you can do that right you can hold it up and 
do all kinds of photos now. So it's, it's so accessible. I'm glad people have that, you know, the ability to record it, you know, like so accessible now. Oh man, you should be actually a teacher. You should actually be running your own workshops about photography, <laughs> doing online courses, because all of this, I, I almost want to be scribbling away here. Some great tips there about yeah, yeah. frame, uh, focusing on those details, getting to eye level, uh, you know, shooting the, making sure you have the good lighting. And uh, I, I like that tip also about shooting from another angle, maybe walking five to 10 feet and then shooting from another angle. I'm going to actually implement that tip. Uh, we're actually yeah, for sure you will. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'll be actually uh, experimenting with those tips you just mentioned. So thanks yeah, for those, Dan. Yeah. Uh, also about editing. Uh, you know, it's one thing to snap the picture, whole other thing to edit it in the back end. Walk us through uh, maybe what kind of software you're using. And when you're editing, uh, what are the parts of the picture that you're actually uh, focused on editing? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So again, like even with my uh, smartphone, you know, like, so when I'm on the road and I have my SLR, you know, um, I don't use like back home here, I have a desktop and I have like, you know, a extensive Photoshop program. But when I'm on the road, I kind of keep it really simple. And what I use is like, yeah, given plugs to companies, but um, it's Snapseed uh, by Nick Software. Um, it's really good. Whoever's listening to this or even you, it's like it's called a Snapseed. And, uh, you know, it was free to download. I've downloaded it. I've had it for a while now. But again, I have it on my phone. I have it on my tablet. It's amazing, amazing, really, really awesome little editing software that like watch a five minute tutorial on YouTube and it will change your photography life like quick. Like, honestly, like I wish I could just show you a, a tutorial right now. Like I was just actually editing photos on snaps you know my phone a while ago you know that i shot like for hockey like just because like it's such an amazing program so that's one of the things i do is uh you know i open up my photo in snapseed and again is like usually what happens with a lot of photos is our shadows like usually our photos are like really dark most of the time right there so on snapseed again like it's really simple if you just go into like tune your image and you can have like your shadows you have little layer adjustment layers right so picture it just like a little you know, you have a brightness slider, and uh, so if you slide it over, it makes your photo brighter, right? You know, you have a little slider that says shadows. So if you slide your shadows over, the shadows lighten up, right? So you can kind of like slide it over and see right away what's happening. So something like that is really useful, like, because say you're in a scene again, and like I said, the lighting's kind of weird. You know, I'm standing in the shadows to make sure my family looks good. And, you know, the temple's really nice, but it's really bright in the background. You know, you see that all the time, right? So I stand in the shade so you know when i get into the edit which is really simple just on something like snapseed i know okay i just lighten up my shadows you know it's really basic and then i could just lighten it up so my shadows are a little lighter and then it even has little paint brushes built in and you can paint with your finger right on the photo so you can lighten and darken and like so you can just go right over your family and you hit lighten a little and you just kind of like really like you paint right over people's faces so like you can lighten up Cause that's what you want to do is make sure the people are lit a little better you know so you can literally just kind of like paint it up you know you kind of like lighten it with your fingers it's really amazing so it's kind of a really quick easy edit that again looks really good like it's something that anyone could get everyone has mobile now right like you said most people are doing this right it's like if you just download a little app like that snapseed and like i said like i've shot like all these blogs and everything i've did like traveling has been done through that so it's definitely like my go-to thing on the road like all the time like you know even i just used it for the last two weeks at west like on our trip here just again it's just nice edit quick and easy 
saves it right on your phone in a separate folder and uh it's great you can save it right to your email or you can load it right from facebook as well right from the app so it's a good one awesome awesome uh, great suggestion there danny so uh in closing here maybe tell us a little bit more about your website where you actually document your travels you also have some remarkable photography on there so walk us through yeah. your catch light photography website blog and photos on there yeah, for sure. Yeah, so um, I have my website up again. My website doesn't have uh, too much blog. I blogged a little bit with my son on there too, but uh, it's uh, www.catch a little minus sign light l i g h t dot c a. So just catchlight.ca. So I have a lot of my photos on there, but most of my travels um, that we blog through kind of was on uh, social media on Facebook. Um, through there, just kind of keeping up with family and stuff like that, right? It's great for them. So uh, it was on uh, Catchlight Photography. It's all one word. If you type that up in a search bar, Catchlight Photography, um, it should come up in there. And again, it's like we've been documenting our travels through there, mostly everything on there. And then same with Dali. We do like fun family pictures. Like our pictures are really kind of like just fun and interactive and kind of, you know, so we kind of try to update them and do them every couple of weeks, you know, kind of like that. So that's kind of where I post, you know. We're about to do a superhero mission with Dally there. He's got about 10 superhero suits. So that's what I'll be posting for the next couple of months there. We did Flash, we did Batman, Superman. <laughs> so uh, that's kind of where I keep up the most on there. And then my website, you know, and my Instagram, but it's not as much. It's more of a lot of personal stuff, you know, like, uh, but I still like cell phone stuff. And, you know, it's hard to keep your art separate from your personal in photography so i keep my facebook my professional my instagram's kind of a lot of like fun personal stuff but it's just catch light one that's my uh instagram so again people are free to follow that too you know but i try and do write-ups as well you know a lot of stories to go along with our travels you know and kind of like again half of it explaining the places and you know what you're what you're trying to go through you know about that too right you feel all these different things and all these senses and it's Hard to say you're walking down the street in Bangkok, but maybe if you're saying, you know, as I walk down the street and the tuk-tuk zoom by and the exhaust smell, you know, choked it out. Like if you describe a place, right, it kind of gives people a little bit more, more relation to uh, what you're doing and feeling. So that's kind of where we keep up and do most of our stuff on there. Catch light photography. Yeah, they're almost like micro blogs nowadays. You have your, your blog on your website, but little micro blogs on your social media, on your Instagram photo. Yeah, exactly. little, maybe 50 to 100 to 150 words on your Facebook post, Instagram post, even in your, your Twitter. So, yeah, uh, that's a good way to actually describe the picture and also describe yeah. what you're going through, your emotions, your mindset, uh, what you're feeling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because, you know, a lot of people think travel is just like, yeah, you're just having fun, you know, and it's it's great. It all is, you know, but it's definitely a lot of work, you know, you know that too, a lot of researching and just a lot of stuff. It's not all fun and games, you know, and sometimes it's uh, overwhelming. Sometimes it's uh, out of your element. Sometimes it's, you know, maybe something like that. The kids are different too, right? You know, they have to adapt. And so you definitely have some times that are, you know, got, got you going, right? <laughs> Definitely, definitely. Well, Danny, it's definitely uh, uh, awesome to connect here on uh, this Google Hangout on the podcast. Uh, we've been connected on social media, but it's great to finally connect here face to face. Uh, yeah, for sure. All those insights, some amazing insights into travel photography. Yeah, for sure. Our viewers and listeners are going to be definitely implementing a lot of the strategies. So, thanks again, my friend. Yeah.
Great. Yeah, thanks so much. Same with you, Ricky. I wish you, like, you know, great travels. You guys finish her up, man. Keep her going, right? And uh, stay in touch anytime you ever want to chat, you know. Always welcome for that. All right. Thank you, Danny, and thank you, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to this episode, and uh, make sure you follow along Danny on his adventures. Once again, it's Catchlight Photography. I'll actually have those links below so you can click through, uh, check out Danny's uh, website and also his social media. Some really phenomenal pictures. Uh, you know, the, there was one just he with the way he went with the dog sledding in Canada. Uh, he has an amazing one with the tuk-tuk where he's flying off the back and uh, yeah. so, many more, so many more incredible pictures. So make yeah. sure you follow Danny along. Make sure you follow us along as well as yeah. we travel around uh, South America. Now we're focused here on Central America. We're daddyblogger.com. So thanks everyone for tuning into this episode of our Digital Nomad Mastery Podcast where we not only teach you how to make money, save money, but also how to take better pictures while you're traveling. So happy travels, everyone, and we'll catch up with you in the next episode of Digital Nomad Mastery.